So I'm now I'm trying to limit whiskey consumption, at least my good ones, like the triple smoke and the hard bag. I'm trying to limit the consumption of those to only when really great things happen. And the orange man did get impeached today. <laughs> Pull so, the fucking phone. Get the fuck out of here. Pause the fu- podcast. I need to break out the good whiskey. Yeah, break out the good whiskey in honor of the impeachment. Don't no bring up the Senate. Don't bring up the Senate right now. We, we are don't the have Senate. to think about the Senate tonight. The Senate will decide his fate. But I am the Senate. <laughs> I am. But I, look, you don't understand, I am the Senate. <laughs> I actually, it's something more like, well, I am the Senate. Yeah. I'm Mitch McConnell, I'm a title. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time, it's time for the most wonderful time of the year on a load. And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time, and I'm talking about he, the Ho-Ho-B, to the L-A-K-E, it's Ho-Ho-Blake Tanner! Ho-Ho-Ho, bitches. I hope you're ready for a little bit of special coal in your sock, because I've (laughs) left it, it's shit. And the S, Scotty Moore! Wait, it's a stock, it's not a sock, Santa, we don't just put up a... A nasty old shit sock for you to put presents in. No, no, no. You put up a regular sock. I provide the shit. <laughs> Santa eats a lot of cookies, bud. I really want to start... I want to make a film where the beginning of it has, like, the traditional, like, little kid on the couch curled up like, Wait, B- Billy. Billy, did you hear that? And slowly walks in. To the living room where the chimney is there, even though chimneys don't exist in homes anymore. And as they turn the corner, they see a familiar, like, boot with uh, red, (laughs) red pants. (laughs) And then they just hear, (laughs) (laughs) and they turn the corner, and it's Santa Claus perched like Batman atop the mantle, shitting in their stockings. And he's just like, fucking ran out of coal, what can I say? How do you think I make so much? I made it, my, I shit coal, that's what I do. I could solve the energy crisis in an instant. Not global warming, though. I'm about to cause that bitch. Um, I do want to say, though, yeah, I did have my first um, talking to a friend like in the wild where I did just riff off a pitch from an idea they shot out. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the first time that someone's ever like, shit, I kind of want to make that into a short film. And you're like, hey, you need to listen to this podcast. Each week we just throw out dumb shit like that, baby. You got it. Also, we, we do need to get into why we missed last week. But before we do that, I do want to say... It's not a well-written film, but Noel on Disney Plus made me cry like a baby, and it's very fucking good. I just need everyone to understand how good of a film Noel is. The funny fucking thing is when you mentioned that, I didn't really... I I remembered a short, like, 30-minute animated show called Noel. Yeah. From... that was, like, made in the 70s or 80s, I think, is when this was animated. And it's about a little Christmas ornament that learns about Christmas. And when you were saying that, I was like, 
Is that shit on Disney Plus? Oh no, it's a an- it's another it's a it's a it's a Disney Plus Hallmark movie. All right, it's literally. Uh, by the way, I I was scanning through and I went, Anna Kendrick's very hot. I want to watch Anna Kendrick for two hours, and then I by the end of it, I'm openly sobbing at the film. It's so beautiful. I love it. But Blake. What I don't love is when we have to miss a week of podcasting, and mm-hmm. we had to do that last week because, and it sucked because last week was the most wondrous time of the year. It was Justin fucking long day, and we missed. I can't. I will never forgive us for what we did to cause us to miss Justin Long Day. I I was able to celebrate Justin Long Day, of course, in private, just with a small family gathering, and um, we did watch a 20-minute video of David Lynch making quinoa, so I felt like we were still in the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you logged on to longhub.com and just enjoyed some private time with Justin Long Day. Exactly. We got to see all of Justin Long's YouTube favorites from the year. Yeah, well, we started... The journey starts out in a little town called Nashville, Tennessee, Blake. Because we planned to go to see our one of our favorite wrestling companies, GCW, that day. Yeah. And before that, I said, hey, bud, why don't we... Just go to a dis- a distillery. One distillery. <laughs> Single distillery. Yes, you'd, pu- you'd pulled up one distillery and said, okay, this will be fine because we're going to have several hours before the show when we get there. Cut to you go- getting out of the car to look for parking and me realizing, oh, there are like fucking four distilleries on this block. <laughs> And we went to the first one. It's Corsair Distillery in Nashville. Fucking phenomenal place. It's really great. They've got, like... I guess the best way we could explain it is, like, you know how some beer companies are, like, weird and edgy and do fun things with beer? Yeah. They do that with whiskey. And it don't turn out well most of the time, but when they find gold, they fucking find it. (laughs) Man, those... That first one we went to was probably some of the most interesting whiskey I'd ever tasted. Yes, it was all very interesting. Not all good, but interesting. Then we leave there, and it was like we walked into the exact opposite of the place we just went to. Because the place we went to was like this very nice craft distillery with all of these exotic flavors. They make like a quinoa whiskey and the triple smoked whiskey, which may be my favorite whiskey <laughs> Did of all time. Did you just time. say quinoa whiskey? That's no that fucking they didn't have it on the day but they make quinoa whiskey. <laughs> so this very cool hipstery place with very nice exotic whiskeys. We then go to a place that's like we got fucking moonshine and we put lemonade in it. So, you know, just sit here, put your shot glass on whichever one you want to try and old Jeb will come by and pour you a little bit of it. You can only have five, but if you leave and come back in 15 minutes, I'm not going to give a shit. <laughs> not a lie, because we did end up going back. So we we went there. Did anything really impress you out of that distillery? Because the first one, I think triple smoke is the only thing that really impressed me. I was hoping the gin would be better, but it was The wasn't. first one, I did try their absinthe that they make, which I thought was very good. Yeah. Absinthe. yeah. Um, and also... No, there was another, but it was whatever rye whiskey they had. Oh, Rhymageddon. Fan of the yeah, Rhymageddon. That's it. 
Um, at the second place, they had all of their cream liqueurs were good, but really that lemon moonshine, like that limoncello moonshine they make, yeah, that was good. It was it was the best way to make money with a distillery, which is just saying like, hey, we're in the south, you want some moonshine? Well, we put flavorant in it, so it's essentially like selling flavored vodka. It's not for uh, us. Actually, I'd say flavored grain alcohol, more like. Yeah. But for us who are uh, whiskey snobs at this point, we were like, um, "It's good. We will drink it because we want to get drunk today." But you are not going to be the best place we go to, and the best place, despite the fact that I learned that I don't like their Tennessee whiskey that much was Greenbrier Distillery, still one of my favorite places I've gone to this year, and by the end of it, we were, I, I'll let you know, before we went in to do the tour of it, I was like, nah, I can't, I, I can't, I'm gonna have to go outside and take a moment of me time before I do this, because it was right <laughs> as the alcohol was hitting me, and I'm like, no, 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 I want to pay attention to this tour. I've got to do this, man. Yeah. So the tour was really nice. The tour guide knew a lot, which was good in the beginning. Then got really bad near the end where she kept talking about, like, different aging processes. And me and Blake were just sitting next to each other like, yeah, okay, wrap it up. Got to piss. Got to piss real bad. Had to piss. Had to piss real bad. Mm -hmm. And then we met the best boy on the planet. Blake, would you like to talk to our listening audience at home about... Wasn't it Kyle? It was, was Kyle. The- um, Kyle was, so at the end of the tour, you know, they have the tasting, of course, and they pour you a few um, few little samples of a bunch of their whiskeys. And so we had our tour guide. I wish I cannot remember her name right now. Um, and I, well, No matter what, she was explaining everything and taking us through it. And by the way... I've never felt like a bigger asshole in my entire life than when she was like, everyone take a smell of it. What are you guys smelling off of this one? And I was like, oh, yeah, this one's got a lovely apple with, like, a caramel finish. It's nice. Meanwhile, every other fucking person there was like, it smell like whiskey. That's what this smell like, right? Pure, pure Akihau is what yeah, exa- it is. Exactly. And at that point, I feel like me being the actual snob I am. Well, we were talking amongst ourselves a lot about the whiskey, and Kyle was just kind of in our corner. Yeah. Kyle was fucking lapping it up. Like, every single thing, he was like, yeah, yeah, I've gotten apple in this one before. Oh, yeah, I've gotten, like, a hint of black licorice on the back of that one before. That's nice. Like, he, he gravitated to us because he's like, these guys are actually talking about stuff. I kind of just want to listen yeah exactly um so actually there was a point in the tasting where everybody else had was like waiting or like still sipping on their samples and we'd already finished ours and um he was already like oh don't worry i'm i'm coming <laughs> well no no my favorite was at the end of the tasting mm-hmm. because me and you are over there being the assholes we are and we look over it and we see a, is it, it is a reserve cask strength bourbon, and it was, I, I was not a fan of their Bellmead line of bourbons before this, but I just saw cask strength and reserve, which I knew were like, oh, that's the good shit. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that cask strength, which was like their first batch since the Greenbrier came back 
was ready in October. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was the uh, Tennessee whiskey. They actually source oh. their bourbon, but we cannot get into detailed bourbon talk on this show yet. That should be that's going to be the eighth podcast we do. <laughs> we just throw a bourbon talk episode in. Is that going to be the podcast that I finally just go crazy and set my house on fire? Yeah, it's got. That's going to be the one. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, I just lean over and I'm like. Hey, Kyle, how about that uh, cask strength reserve over there, buddy? And he goes, motherfucker, I was already going to get it. I was I was already about to reward you for your efforts today, for your bravery in the whiskey mines. I was going to give you the taste of this. And I know we didn't want to get into much whiskey talk. It's fucking good. It is really, really choice. It was good enough that I did buy a bottle of it. A $65 bottle of bourbon Blake Tanner purchased. He is very good. And I don't blame him. I don't blame you for that at all. I'm only breaking it out tonight because, like, I said that I was going to save it for special occasions, and tonight's pretty special. Uh, yeah, a certain orange boy did get impeached, so that's always good. And so that was it. Then I went back to the Moonshine Distillery just like, because it was free. That was the only one that was free. And I was like, I wonder if I could get more. I did. I did get more. And then I bought a, uh, I bought a salted caramel for my dad. And then I bought the triple smoke from Corsair. And then we ended up going to the GCW show. And we've talked about that on Fight Boys. So you guys can go listen to that. And here's where things kind of took a, tr- a turn, a change in the night, if you will, Blake Tanner. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, we go and eat at this nice barbecue joint, and y- you, had, you and I had been talking about, like, man, Justin Longday's coming up. Justin Longday, it's just around the corner. What could we do? What could we do? And so I started looking up stuff about Justin Long and found that he was actually going to be doing something in New Orleans, like, a few days later, like a movie. And I said that to you as a joke and then we get into the car full of barbecue and you know me i take a good good barbecue nap and i fall asleep and then finally i hear a ka-chunk as you pull into a gas station and Mm -hmm. i get out of the car to stretch my legs and i see the fucking gulf of mexico blake the gulf of mexico (laughs) You were asleep for a while. Like I'd been driving for almost ten hours straight. Yeah, I know. I was I was impressed by that. You were you got out and you had three Monster Energy drinks and an already empty crushed one in your hands, and which is amazing because I don't even drink or like Monster, but it was the only thing that they had exactly. in Mississippi. Yes, because now we are in Biloxi, Mississippi. And you are looking, Blake, I don't want to be rude. There are so many bags around your eyes at this point that I'm like, I gotta fucking take over. Otherwise, Blake's gonna die. Yeah, to be honest, I don't remember much about the last six or so hours of driving. As a matter of fact, I was headed straight for New Orleans. I have no idea how we ended up in Biloxi. Well, I mean, that's like on the way to Old Nolens. I assume you stopped there seeing all of the nice casinos. And, it did bring me back. Well, I mean, the thing is, it was a wise choice to stop in Biloxi because we had spent all of our money on whiskey and and GCW tickets. So then I did my usual thing, which is I knew you were tired. I knew I was in no condition to sleep. 
So we went to the Beau Rivage, uh, the Beau Rivage Casino, and I walked in, and I just rain-manned the fuck out of it for a few hours. I just sat in front of numerous different slot machines, slowly winning us enough money for gas and enough money to get us a hotel room for the night. I, the last thing I remember at the casino, because it just kind of came in and out, was I sat down at a blackjack table. Yeah. And you when were... I got... You were very tired. (laughs) Yeah, but when I got out, I remember I was on my phone, and I paid off all of my student loans. Yeah, it was really weird, like, because with me, you know, when I'm in a casino, I I pick, like, a slot machine. If that one doesn't pay out well in, like, the first ten spins, I just get up and move. I'm always moving. I'm always chugging along, and I was doing that for a solid three hours, and the whole time, I'm looking over, and I'm seeing you... And it was almost as if the world was moving in fast motion as the dealer just kept fucking shooting out because it was late at night. You were the only one in there at this blackjack table. You were playing exclusively against him. And I don't know. I just kept seeing the chips stack up and I was like, oh, fuck, we may actually get the cash for this. Yeah, then I did, like I said, aforementioned student loans. Although, my life is a lot easier right now, but we were still broke except for your slot machine money. Yeah, yeah, Well, I did use that to get us a hotel room at the Beau Rivage, which I know you weren't a fan of, but I enjoyed the heart-shaped jacuzzi we got to spend a few hours in. It was very nice. I know we were very close (laughs) because it was a tiny hot tub, but I enjoyed it. Wait, that wasn't the bed? No, Blake, it was full of water. I just thought it was a fancy casino bed. No, but that's not how beds work. You would drown in it. But I thought, I, I was fine. You weren't fine. Like, I know we're trying to, like, goof. You weren't fine. You were not in a good space. So I finally drag you out of the hot tub, plop you in a bed, and we fall asleep. And then the next day, we wake up, and that is when principal shooting on, uh long justice the justin long cowboy movie was starting in new orleans uh new orleans i can't remember what state louisiana louisiana new orleans new orleans are you sure are you sure i'm the one that wasn't okay no no no. i'm not okay now (laughs) then then you weren't okay so then we wake up and we just bolt straight for new orleans and i feel like we could have found the set sooner if we didn't find Bourbon Street first. I thought they were filming on Bourbon Street was the mistake. I'm sorry. See, you said that, but it definitely on the day of sounded like a goof of you just wanting to go to Bourbon Street. I know you're trying to cover your tracks now, but we did just stop at Bourbon Street. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time, though. Yeah, I mean, it smelled like piss and puke, but what what more do you want going to Bourbon Street? Well, I feel like it not only helped us just kind of relax after the 10 hours of driving you had done the night before, and then, like, the consequent four hours the following day, it helped us relax, and also, it did get us acquainted with one boy. One boy who actually was the key grip on Long Justice, the uh, third film in the Bad Detective series starring Justin Long. What was his name? That was Nick. Nick, okay. So Kyle was the whiskey guy, Nick was the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Long guy, okay. Uh Uh-huh, and then Dylan was the guy who took our tickets at the whiskey place, which I only remember because almost everybody we met had a name of somebody that we know. Yes. Now, Blake, I don't want to be that guy, because Nick did help us a lot. We actually gave him a bottle of the... I know you didn't want to part with the reserve bourbon, but we gave him, like, half of that bottle. I mean, I was ready to smash the bottle over your head before I gave it to another living soul, but, you know, we had to, we all had to make compromises. Well, you only gave, like, half of it. That's why you're still here sipping some today. But he did help us onto the set. Like, he hired us, he got us in as extras for the film for the following day's shooting. I do want to say this, and this is just a theory I thought about. Like, Like, when we got back, I realized, like, oh, fuck. And it is the fact that, This is the third film in the Bad Detective series. That man's name was Nick, and he had a very distinct voice, Blake. I just want to say, we saddle up to the bar next to the man, and he's like, Hey, how are you fellas doing today? Anything we can do for you? And I'm like, you're not a bartender. Why are you? I can help you out. I'm just here for a couple of weeks. Let's have some fun, fellas. And that's Wait. Are you saying that that was... I'm saying that Justin Long ain't the only boy we met. There was another boy. There was a a caged animal, if you will. Damn, I knew it was a wig. Yeah. (laughs) I love the concept that the wig is what threw you off. Fuck. Not the full old man beard he had grown at that point. But yeah, we talked to Nick for a few, and he was like, I can get you in with Samantha. Samantha's our casting agent. Do you have any, uh, like, theatrical background? And that's when we and you just, like, took out our UAB degrees that we carry with each other all the time. We always have to cap. I mean, they're like our FBI badges. Exactly. (laughs) Mine said Angus Young. Yours had fucking Bon Scott on it. Because this is just supernatural at this point. Um, but yeah, then then we go and meet Samantha. And Samantha was immediately like, Oh, you guys have got it. We needed two drunk assholes in the background of this one scene to be accosted by, by the bad detective himself, Justin Long. And this was our big break into film, man. It really was, but I mean... This is where I get a little fuzzy, because at that point, I began doing what's known in the business as method acting, which involved me and Nick going back to Bourbon Street and just getting fucked up for, like, five hours. Well, that was actually, um, I was wondering where you were, because, uh, that was the time that I'd spent on set, like, awkwardly hovering around craft services, hoping to get a, hoping to get a glimpse of the boy. Yeah, yeah, you Hoping to get a glimpse of the man himself, and then, um... They called us in to rehearse the scene. You weren't there, though, so I was really worried. But I said, it's okay, I'll just run both of our lines. Because I was super jazzed because Justin Long was going to come out and meet us. The only problem was when they came out and we rehearsed the scene, we rehearsed it with the stunt double doing Justin's lines. Exactly, the stunt double pimped out. You told me about this because he came out and was just like... Hey, how's everybody doing? Name's old Thunderbird here. I uh, just want uh, to thank you guys all so much for the opportunity. Uh, then he um, then he saw me and he's like, ah, oh, fuck. God damn it, what do, I, what do I have to do to get away from you? 
I quit my detective job. I haven't been on your show in months. If we're just gonna keep that bit up of just nothing but fucking cameos, then the last bar we were at, me and me and him are going drink for drink, and I'm like, I can out drink any motherfucker in here. And then from across the bar, I hear, Big man, let me tell you now, you can out drink just about anybody in the Louisiana area, with the exception. Of the nature boy. Woo! Rick, my God, Flair. And that's when Rick Flair challenged me to a drinking contest. How did that go over? Um, surprisingly well, because Rick actually can't drink alcohol anymore because of, like, his heart condition. One shot and he was gone. <laughs> the ambulance took him away in an instant. So, I beat Rick Flair in a drinking contest. That was really good. Did you get anything from it, or was it just bragging rights? I got his robe. Okay, that's good. He was at the bar in the robe. He, I, I like to imagine that that's kind of how he is all the time now, ever since his last, like, foray onto uh, <laughs> a load of BS. Yeah, hold on, my favorite part about this is the concept that if I took the robe, that means Ric Flair is getting loaded onto the ambulance completely in his underwear. Just getting pimped up. <laughs> Did like, um did you become the Ric Flair though at that point? Like it, Blake, have you ever seen the hit Tim Allen film, The Santa Claus? Uh-huh. Cause let me tell you something. I put that robe on and it's changed. I've gotten it dyed and cut since I've been back in Oxford, but I put on that ding ding robe and my hair grew fifteen inches. <laughs> fifteen inches turned <laughs> platinum blonde. blonde. And I guess that explains the confusion, because I didn't realize that it happened until we were driving back and I looked in the rearview mirror and was like, what the hell's happened to me? But you gave me a confused look because you finally texted me like, "Film principal filming is about to begin. You need to get here. Get here now. And um, also Nick was like, I really should have been there. I'm the key grip. Fuck. They're going to fire me. Damn it, Ric Flair, why do you always do this? Yeah, exactly. And so that's when I thought I just walked up and said, Hey, bud, how is it going? But apparently, according to the film I have, I just kind of strutted in and was like, Blank Tanner, who's ready to have the best Justin Long day of their life? Woo! The great thing was, like, you looked like Ric Flair, except your face hadn't completely changed at that point. So I was just, like, immediately, I was like, ah, Santa Claus, alright, gotcha. It's <laughs> a Santa Claus situation, shit. So, so that must have happened. That's when I told you that we didn't meet Justin Long yet. Well, now, now we need to talk about the incident, Blake. Because, yes... <sighs> We began principal filming with Justin Long. And we're just sitting there in the... Like, our characters were in a back alley. I was, like, smoking a cigarette while you were flipping a coin. Just like two real street toughs. As we look. When you look at us. Did you take... Had you taken the Ric Flair robe off at that point? Or was that still in full Rick mode? No, 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 I took it off and the hair receded because they were actually very upset about it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, 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 that's going to draw too much attention away from. And as they say it, a fucking door flies open and out walks beautiful, resplendent, abs glowing in the midday sun, Justin Long. And he just slowly walks down. And 
fuck, we should have said something to him because he he made the offer. He walked by us and was like, "Hello, boys, how are you today?" And like winks, and it was, and we should have been like, "Oh, it's great to meet you. We love your work," but we just we just didn't. We just stayed perfectly silent the whole time. I believe, actually, it was something more like. I remember trying to say something, but it was more to the fact that, that um, Ric Flair's here. Yeah, <laughs> you just pointed at me, but my shit had changed back, and I was like, what What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. I drove ten hours to meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is all after he had left, and I'm just like slapping you like, Blake, no, 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 it's about to start, it's about to start. And, look, I know I'm usually the rabble-rousing, trouble-making bad boy of this duo. But you made a sound that's only akin to a teapot whistling. And there were numerous, like, the director, um, fucking Werner Herzog, was, like, so excited to begin the filming. But the whole time, he was like, he could hear in the background... Just this loud whining noise. If you looked over at me, like, my entire face was red and steam was pouring out of my ears. Exactly. And then it got worse. Because I, at that point, I just kind of lean over to you and I try to say it to where the, the like, film cameras and the mics that we, we actually got Nick. He was our boom guy. Uh, to, to I made sure they couldn't hear it. And I was just like, hey, man, calm down. Just as soon as the scene's over... You can go down there and you can talk to him and it's fine. Just calm down right now. But you kept making that fucking whistling noise. I, because like, dude, if I had opened my mouth at that point, it would have scalded your face and melted it off like the Ark of the Covenant. Exactly. And Werner found out eventually. Werner was like, like the sound guy comes over and is like, there's this weird noise. And Werner just goes, all right, can we just uh, take a minute? Everybody take five and we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll wrap back up in about five minutes. The scene's over for now, though. It and was something, um, he, he was talking to uh, some of the production staff and he's like, you know, in uh, one of my other films, I could use this as a really great metaphor for the... Uh, willingness of the human spirit to escape from a man's body and how he will fight against the continuing entropy of everything and all things but this is really just fucking annoying right now get him out <laughs> well no 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 because no one knew it was coming from you they just thought it was an audio issue and the minute that he said okay so the scene's over for right now almost as if it was your fucking sleeper cell code you heard scenes over and you just rushed Justin Long, embracing him and tackling him to the ground, Blake. I don't know if you remembered it, because afterwards it seemed like you were almost in a fever state, but you fucking wrecked that dude. I do remember, like, in my mind, it was a gentle hug. But when I woke up, I was in the position of where I had just football speared Justin Long, <laughs> yep. into the craft services table, and I believe there was Gouda on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the moment you started to wake back up. It really sobered you up. And I, the next thing you heard was, 
we gotta fucking go. And it was me grabbing you around the waist and kind of just like lifting you up, wrestle catches catch can style, and running with you like Shaggy running with well, Scooby Doo. <laughs> that's because you putting the rope back on. Yes, I mean, it gave me the strength of ten wrecked players, and I rushed out. And I finally rushed out, and we went back to our shitty little New Orleans hotel and kind of hid out for a very lengthy amount of time, during which I was like... I was excited because I had my microphone with me, my little portable microphone. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, we can record the show. And I realized that in the kerfuffle to get away, I fell on it, and I crushed the microphone, and that's why we couldn't do an episode last week. Damn, of course. (laughs) This whole... This whole explanation has been leading up to why we couldn't do an episode last week, by the way. Yes, exactly. And you know something, Blake? If I'm going to afford... If you're going to afford bail whenever the fucking Justin Long police catch up to you, and if I'm going to afford a new microphone, we're going to have to go to the shill station. They can only prosecute me in Louisiana, so good luck, bitches. Ding, ding! Oh, he's got the robe on again. What would you do if you heard this show and you wanted to support these good BS boys right here? If you just wanted to make it right on the BS boys, where could you go? Well, well, Scotty, Rick, um, whoever you are, you would go to patreon.com slash a load of BS. That is where you can come in. You can support us. You come in. Show you love, show you care, and if you are one of our lovely supporters, one of our lovely BS Moon Marines, you get some real cool shit. What do they get, Scotty? You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like the podcast Radish and Associates Anonymous, like my mom and dad, Salty Frank of the Seven Seas, Gazi. They all donate. They are the Patreon champions of the entire world but not only that you get access to exclusive content that cannot be found anywhere else an exclusive show from fight boys called wrestling history x where we talk about all of our favorite things in the back in the back history of pod or of uh, pro wrestling an exclusive show from opposite attractions where we talk about the history of theme parks and the show that me and you do where we get really drunk and watch bad movies called you paid for this it's like mystery science theater if two guys who are not fucking stand-up comedians did it. And no robots. Also, um, I just want to say, little follow-up of the uh, lost episode of You Paid for This about Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. Uh-huh. Larry the Cable Guy knows we did it, Blake. Larry knows, he knows we did the thing. Because Larry... And this is the content you only get in the shill station, by the way. Larry, for some reason on Twitter, just goes, I've got a serious question about vaping. Which is a buckwild thing for Larry the Cable Guy to say. But he's essentially trying to ask, like, why do smokers still get, like, smoke places, but vape people don't have vaping lounges and stuff like that? Why don't those exist? And I responded, like, big tobacco, man. That's all it is. And I, I listed some idea, like other stuff underneath it, and he goes, thanks for the info, fist emoji. By the way, you should know all the lines that I said to Butlin by now, and I doubled over. <laughs> I was like, what? Fuck. 
How does he know? How does he know? And then it was just me and Larry talking about Health Inspector for a while. It was fucking pristine, dude. I I will. I need to say, Larry, if you're listening, <laughs> if you are just such a great individual that you tune into this shitty podcast every now and again, there's a place that I think you need to go. It's patreon.com slash a load of BS. Um, or, well, no, here's the thing, though. Think about Larry. Larry goes everywhere. Larry performs across the world. He's basically a walking billboard. We could put a shirt on there, on that bot of his, and people are going to be interested about, you know, all the stuff that's on Larry's shirts. Scotty, the only way that could happen is if you make a shirt that is a button-down plaid with chopped-off arms. I'm working on it. I'm <laughs> fucking working on it, baby. And you can find it whenever it exists on merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's where you get shirts for all the BS Network programs. We got posters. We got snapbacks. We got all kinds of awesome stuff, including... Cups! We got cups, baby! Yay! The BS Boozy Sippy Cup is available for you to sample all your favorite alcoholic wares out of. It's even like a wine glass, so it would be good, I would assume, for whiskey tasting, because it's kind of got that tulip shape. I, I don't know. It does, and it kind of is. I enjoy sipping whiskey out of mine. Okay, well, if you want it, you can get it at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck and is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid. The man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid. Blake Tanner. I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life. So, Blake Tanner, it's been one hell of a week. What was awesome this week? Wait. Wait. Wait, hold on. This it's is- the end of the year, Scotty. It is the end of the year. I, that's usually an end of the show thing, but instead it's going to be the entire second segment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first annual Awesome Awards, where Blake Tanner and I are going to talk about what was awesome this year in 2019. And... I'm hoping it's not gonna run as long as the Fight Boys Awards we did last night that ended up being a two-fucking-hour-long episode. Yeah, we are already pushing an hour right now, almost. Ah, we'll be fine. Well, starting things off, Blake, it's been a year of film. Film happened. I don't know if it was a particularly good year for it, but let's start off with what was the most awesome movie this year? I mean, it was Endgame, right? I mean, you're saying that. And Endgame was a good ding-dang film. But I, I went through it, 
And there were films that I liked more than Endgame. I'll be honest, and this is not a popular fucking opinion. Okay. I liked Captain Marvel more than Endgame. I liked fucking Far From Home more than Endgame. I oh, liked, Far From Home did come out this year. It was so good. I liked uh, Detective Pikachu more than Endgame. <laughs> Gazi says his is the Joker, which, does that surprise anybody who knows Gazi? No, it does not. But, Blake, my most awesome movie this year okay. is a film that, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of ashames me that this is my film of the year, but it just was such, had such a good ending to it, and it was so wholesome, and it provided me the good dumb shit that I need when I go to a cinema. And it's Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Alright, so yeah, you're going there, huh? It's so fucking choice, dude! Like, okay, it was really good. For me, for the person I am, for the whiskey-drinking, uh, wrestle-loving theme park goer, Fast the Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw is all I need. And then they add cool shit on top of it. Like at the end of the film, I think we've talked about it on the show before, the end of the film, they don't use guns. A Fast the Furious Punch Boy film does not use guns in its final act. And that was like, and I've seen that happen with other films that I've seen this year, where in the final act of the film, I think Zombieland does it, uh, which by the way, that came out, that's probably bottom of the barrel. It was fine for what it was, but that one also did not use guns in the finale, instead tried to find more unique ways to do it. But Hobbs and Shaw did it first, and they did it best, and the rock flies a helicopter kite, and the string is made of trucks. That's... (laughs) Fuck, yeah, that was a really good moment. Okay, my real favorite movie, and this is going to be maybe not a surprise if you listen to the podcast regularly and if you remember this episode. It's Bad bad Lieutenant, Lieutenant, Yep, 2019, like 15 years running, or 20 even. I don't remember when that came out. Um, My favorite movie was Midsummer, but that's not a fun movie to talk about. So just leave that out there. But I did see the film called Yesterday. Oh, yeah. That does... No, hold on. Knowing you as long as I have that tracks as a Blake Tanner movie of the year pick. Yep. Because it is not a great movie. I would argue with you that it was a good movie. But also, if you're a fan of the Beatles and you love their contributions to music history... It was my favorite movie, and it was a great fucking flick. It's the most, much like Hobbs and Shaw's the most Scotty Moore film to come out this year, Yesterday is the most Blake Tanner film to come out this yes. year. Do you want a story where a guy that's a failing musician, like, falls and hits his head and wakes up in a world where the Beatles don't exist, so he just decides, fuck it, I'm gonna be the Beatles, and he does... <laughs> I'll be Beatles. I'm new Beatles now. It's like the Santa Claus, but with the Beatles. Exactly. He's like, oh, fuck. And the movie is, half of it is him trying to remember the lyrics to Beatles songs, which is hilarious and also the most infuriating thing in the world if you know the lyrics to all the Beatles songs. Yeah, for me, I would have been like, I relate. I know, hey, Jude, don't be sad. Take a take a big bite of that fat ass, you know? Yep. Uh, there are also great moments in it where, like, they some of the um, lyrics are changed around because he doesn't remember them, or because, like, in the studio, uh, <laughs> someone suggests it's like, "Hey Jude is great, but 
How about we call it Hey Dude? <laughs> hey Dude. I've got the hacky sack. And exactly. And that was it. That was my move. Okay. Well, now let's move on. Because I'm not going to lie. TV, My TV show of the year... You don't need to listen to this podcast to hear me talk about it. You need to listen to Fight Boys, because my most awesome TV show of this year is AEW fucking Dynamite. It is the only show that I make sure to tune in every single week and make sure I watch live, no matter where I'm at. AEW Dynamite is my new shit, and I love it. It's such a wonderful show. Like, especially if you're into wrestling, if you're a lapsed fan of wrestling, if you used to watch it at any point in time, I'd say give it a shot. Um, if you've never seen wrestling, give it a shot, because it's good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I sent it to you earlier today. It does buck wild shit as well. Like, when they introduce a wrestler, it shows their little nameplate. And above it, it gives a little snippet, like, the man who won uh, won the AEW championship, the only man to pin Chris Jericho, shit like that. But they've been fucking with Adam Page lately, and it's my favorite thing. Like, last week, he's just popped up and said, drank a bottle of whiskey alone at home last week. And then this week, it said, like, IDK, man, just put something like... Yeah, what was it? It was Mary Ye ha- Holidays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a good show. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll get into mine because it'll, it'll be pretty quick. Uh, because it's only been out for six weeks and it's still running. And that's a little thing called The Mandalorian. Fuck yeah, I watched the first episode the other day and it got me in. It hooked me very quickly. It is probably the best Star Wars content I have seen in years because it's just, it is pure like action and story and it doesn't bridle you down with all of the trying to explain everything away like, um, or politics and shit that had bogged down Star Wars for a long time. Yeah. And it's just this Mandalorian fucking shit up with a baby Yoda. (laughs) It's so good. And it doesn't have all that confusing stuff like in Rise of Skywalker where Rey walks into that chamber and then suddenly she has... (laughs) I was just waiting to trigger you and see at what point you turned off your camera. I'm a dangerous man because I've read all of the fucking Skywalker spoilers because I don't care anymore. Hey, the thing is... What you started describing was enough that, like, it happened in The Last Jedi that I was like, did he just get the title wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. There's some Buckwild shit. I cannot wait for you to, like, at least see it so I can then discuss, like, how much of this was right and how much of it was just weird Reddit leaks. Let me know. Well, oh, we'll see. Now let's get into. The most awesome song of the year. And I've been going first on all of these, so I'm kind of curious, because me and you are compl- almost opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to songs, uh, so I'm very curious where you're at on this. Well, the thing is, I don't listen to music that comes out in the year that it comes out. In five years, Blake Tanner's gonna be like, you fucking heard Bad Guy? It's fantastic. Uh, so, I've been listening, um, actually, let's just go to Spotify. 
Let's I mean, see what the fuck Spotify has said. If you would ask me the only song from 2019 that I know Blake Tanner knows and enjoys, it would involve taking his horse to the Old Town Road. Yep. Oh, wait. I know what my song of 2019 is. Okay. Because I've listened to it five million times and it came out in January and it's our fucking theme song. <laughs> yes! Rick- I approve! Fucking Flair by Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Holy shit. That's such a good song. It's a banger. Oh, man. If you like jazz, if you like funk, if you like people reviving that, and if you like Scottish people especially. Yes. Um, you you know we had Tom on listeners last year. Um... And he was hyping it up, and uh, technically the song did release as a single in 2018, but it was part of their first album. Yeah. And goddamn, it's so good. I will say, I'm fine with you taking something from late 2018 and putting it in here. The only reason I say that is because my song of the year came out in late 2018, and it's from a little film called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And it's uh-huh. fucking What's Up Danger. The yep. song from the best scene in all of cinema where Miles Morales is just suiting up to become the new Spider-Man and then just yeets himself off a fucking building. And I see it and it's like steroids in video form because I'm like, fuck yeah! Yeah, baby! And Spotify does, like, did you, did was Rick like your number one on the Spotify end of year review? It was actually number two, but it was probably my song of the year because the other one I listened to incessantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, uh, What's Up Danger is uh, my, was my number one, and that was when I was like, yeah, that fucking song actually rips. And if I'm driving down the road, like, most of the time, I will always have, like, a grace period where I'm like, I don't want to listen to that today. I don't want to listen. I've never had that with What's Up Danger. Every single time, I'm like, fuck you, let's go! Let's rage! Let's take Uh, the day! Into the Spider-Verse, if we were doing this award show, it would have been, that would have been my 2018. Yeah, like, film of the year? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's close enough that I would be like, I wouldn't be mad at it. I'd be fine with that. Also true, I have watched it at least three times this year. Yep. Now, what was the most awesome non-BS Network branded podcast that you enjoyed this year? The most awesome non-BS branded podcast. God, that is a hard fucking... Like, I've been thinking about this one, honestly, for a bit. I will say, it doesn't have to debut this year. Like, right. if anything that could have changed... Like, I'm almost positive next year's is going to be Adventure Zone, because I already love the new arc they're in. That's true. I, I, Adventure Zone was, like, up there with me, because I really liked how Amnesty turned out. Um, Because I did, like, I still have memories of... I remember when I was listening to this episode of Amnesty... Mostly because that was when I was hunting for a job. Yeah. Um, but no, my favorite podcast of the year has definitely got to be Last Podcast on the Left. Because I have been binging a lot of their stuff on and off. Yeah. Um, and just a few weeks ago, actually, I listened to their five fucking part series on Jonestown. Yeah. And holy shit, it is buck wild. 
because I uh I did a research paper on Jonestown and the uh the People's Temple cult in high school. Yeah. Also, quickly, could you tell everybody what last podcast on the left is? Because I'm fairly sure oh. all I know is Spooky Boy Show. Yeah. Essentially Spooky Boy Show. So we've got these uh three boys and they talk about and they do some intense research on everything from cults to serial killers to cryptids to spooky stories. They have a whole series of um that they do on creepy pastas, so you'd be into that. Um they do any and everything. They have a whole like listener submission special episodes called side stories where people just talk about like um their experiences with uh, something either possibly supernatural, um, UFOs, shit like that. And they're very, like, while I would say they're heavy on researching conspiracy theories, they're really well-grounded, so they're not trying to, like, shit-talk you into believing any of this is real. They're just, like, telling the stories that these people tell. That's awesome. Well, So, like, they do a, a series on, or they do series on cryptids, and they're like, this is the shit that people have told us, but here's where the evidence is, and oh. there's not that much. So we've got the stories, but not the evidence, but the stories are the really cool shit. That's cool. Well, for me, I was stuck. I was stuck between two, and the, I'm go okay, I'm going to do them both, because one is my go-to podcast for any time I'm feeling depressed or anxious or having like an anxiety attack happening. And it is Wonderful by Griffin and Rachel McElroy. It's so good. It's such a good, wholesome show that for like an hour, it takes you away and lets you just listen to this married couple who love each other so much talk about their favorite shit. And that's it. That's the whole gist of it. And when I travel or go to like Orlando or something and have to spend an hour in the car to get to a conference, I will just pop on an episode of Wonderful and have it on the way up, then another one on the way back. It's in a very easily binged podcast. I would like to say I have learned so much about like Griffin's musical taste like fits in the Venn diagram of mine so fucking much. Yeah. That almost every time he brings a musical um like an artist or a song he'll talk about that artist or he'll talk about that song and every time it is just maybe go a deep dive into their stuff and like it's always so good meanwhile me with griffin the only time me and his music choices lined up is the one time he talked about playing thunderstruck for his son in the car but uh the one show that i would like to give the most awesome podcast of the year award goes to punch up the fucking jam the show where uh, Miel, it's now just Miel, uh, Demi Adijuebe, who was her co-host, and I may have just fucked his name wholesale, uh, but they basically talk about a song, why it's buck wild and so weird, and then at the end, make their own version of it, and they'll do, like, parody versions. One time they did um, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, and instead of punching up that song, they just took the drum fill and put it into other songs. So anytime a beat dropped in a song, do 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 I can confirm this because of the several times that we've traveled together um this year. Which we've traveled together a lot this year, I'm just realizing. Yeah. Um there's always at least one episode of Punch Up the Jam. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, they've done... And it's a show that... I guess it's because they talk about a specific song that I can go back and remember, like... Oh, yeah, the one they did with Nicole Byer is fucking phenomenal. The one they did with Griffin is amazing. The Paul F. Tompkins one where they talk about fucking L.A. Woman is legendary at this point. And despite the fact that Demi left the show, and I feel like Demi was an important element, and it's a little bit weirder now with just Miel and a guest host, but it's still a good show, but it was a they had a banner fucking year this year, and it was very, very good. Uh, I have to agree. I've, I've enjoyed the episodes I've listened to. And didn't you bring that as one of your awesome things this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have. Um, in fact, I, I do want to say one last thing. And it's the episode where Demi leaves is a live show with Neil Ciciorega and someone else. And they What? Pu- I know. And they punch up, uh, I think they punch up Space Jam, the Space <gasps> Jam theme. And the punch-up is not a punch-up of Space Jam. It is Demi going back to all of the songs that they've done on the show and mash them up into one massive mashup. And I didn't think I would ever cry while listening to Space Jam <laughs> mashed up with One Week by Bare Naked Ladies, but your boy did. It was a great moment. That's fucking good. Now, this one's a little bit outside the normal realm of what we... Well, I mean, we do talk about it on what's what's awesome, but it's a little bit outside the normal realm of an award. Hey, Blake, what was the most awesome food this year? What was that food that you just couldn't get enough of this year? My fucking... Okay. I, I know I brought it. I hope... It's gotta be this year, because this is when we started doing it. But it's... Fucking grilling a steak, man. I knew it! I fucking called it! I knew it was gonna be this! I Do you know how many times I've done that this year alone? Because, like, I started dabbling in it last year, about, you know, three quarters of the way through, when it was still warm, like, because we live in fucking Alabama, and there are days where it's warm enough that you can just grill. Um, But this year, I've turned it into my art. I've <laughs> turned it into my passion. Yeah, yeah. And I own my own grill now, so no one's gonna fucking stop me. <laughs> I'm an animal. Well, my food of the year is a food that I feel like had a really big resurgence this year. And it's just good old fried chicken. It's just fried... Because you had the fucking chicken sandwich war. The great sandwich war, which gave us the greatest... The second greatest chicken sandwich of all time, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. You had a Wendy's chicken sandwich that I will always enjoy, that spicy boy. Oh, the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich is legendary. Exactly. Uh, I've learned that I love the chicken strips from Dairy Queen. They give you zesty queso to dip it in. They're so good, aren't they? I've got a Dairy Queen across from my office. It's, I get that shit all the time. It's so good. I like the rest of them we were so passionate about, and this one we're just like, yeah, fucking food, right? Food's good to eat. I like food. I, like, you know that I'm, I, I've expanded my uh, tastes a lot, and you've got the baby mouth, and that's, that's <laughs> fine. I'll let you do what you need to do. But I will always dabble into someone's fried chicken to see, like, that's your baseline. You fucking, you brought, a, like, a lovely grilled steak, and I'm like, chicken tendies? I want the tendies. Hey, I have done, I've fried some chicken Yeah. Um, this year, and I will say... My skillet fried chicken is just like my grandmama used to make. Mm-hmm. She still makes it, but like <laughs> I don't get to eat it as much. 
Alright, well now, what was the most awesome place we visited in 2019? Not we, just in general, that we visited. And I'll start, because we've already talked about it in this episode. Yep. But my favorite fucking place I've been to this year is Greenbrier Distillery in Nashville, Tennessee. Because we've talked about it on the show. I talked about it on Me Again. It's a place that has such an amazing history and a nearly impossible story of how it got there. They've got awesome people working there. Their gift shop has great shit. Like, they they sell, like, mixes if you want to make, like, a sour mix. Or, like, they sell candles that I might have bought for Blake and then stole and just burnt it myself. And it smells really... And you did, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just this amazing little place that's just a celebration of whiskey. And the people who are there love whiskey. And they will talk to you about it ad nauseum. And they will, and you'll love it. Exactly. So that's probably... And that was a late contender, but that's probably my favorite place I've gone to this year. Now, I will say, when you first brought it as your awesome thing, like, you... It was one of those, like, I'm just gonna let him take this one for a bit. Yeah, yeah. There are times where you get real passionate about your awesome things, and I just need to sit back. Um, I remember, but... because I remember, I can see, like, your wave file and see where you get quiet, where you get loud, and it was pure silence for that entire story. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. It was kind of worth it, too, because once I saw the tour, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, However, my favorite place this year, the most awesome place we visited, and it was us along with our buddy Dylan. Yes. For Fight Boys. Um, and we talked about it on the show. But it was when we just went to Las Vegas for a weekend. And by a weekend, I mean three literal days. No, no, no. It was not like, even three. It was two. <laughs> yeah. It was a almost contiguous 48 hours. Of yeah. us being in the city of Las Vegas, Nevada, where there was very little sleep to be had, because not only did we get there, we got to our room, we chilled for a few, we went, we fucked around at StarCast, which is the uh, wrestling convention, we saw Double or Nothing, which is the AEW show, and we just, after that, walked around Las Vegas. Yeah. We walked down the strip. And then we went to this fucking private party that Scotty got us, like, open bar tickets to. It's a private party! <laughs> fucking it was... private party! And, like, a bunch of wrestlers that we like were there. And, like, the entire experience. The next day... I did we... the cha-cha slide. Don't leave that in. You did the cha-cha slide. We got to chill with Mega Ran for a little bit. He got to DJ that whole thing. Um, And at that next day... We just fucked around in Vegas during the day. We went to the... we Well, we started out by doing our fucking podcast live, which was fantastic. Um, we, uh... And before that, we drank at a bar. At, yep. like... Not a lot. We didn't have a lot. Let's be honest. I had a fair bit more than both of you. <laughs> um, but, uh... We did that. We went. We, uh... Ate lunch at the Tilted Kilt, which there's not one around here anymore, and I know how much you guys love it. Mm -hmm. And we um, spent a lot of time in Caesar's Palace. A lot of time in Caesar's Palace, because we went to that cigar bar at the end of the night. Yeah. And we stayed there until it was time to leave for our flight. Well, no, no, no. We, we saved up enough time to 
get Blake Tanner to shove 20 chicky nuggies in his gob hole to sober him up somewhat before he went to TSA because I believe the quote of that trip was from Dylan who after you had drank like your fourth drink just you you stood up put on the captain's hat went to the bathroom and he leans in like so is he gonna be like that all night or like because I mean can he get on a plane like that (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, Uh, Vegas was definitely a great place we went to. I was trying to get more condensed, but, yeah, if I had to pick, like, an overall, like, city place we went to, Vegas would be my place of the year this year. I think because we spent so little time there, honestly, that is basically what that was. Exactly. And now, what is your activity of the year? And I don't do grilling steaks again, but just something you've started doing this year that you're really into, that you really like, whether that be like a hobby, uh, furiously masturbating, like whatever you want to pop on there. Um, it, this has kind of had a resurgence this year because last year I did it for about half the year and then my group fell apart. Um, but about six or seven months ago, we got together with a couple of friends, um, with our friends Josh and Chandler, um, who got married this year, so congratulations, y'all. Um, but we started doing a and d campaign again. You, wait, been... wait, hold on. They do not get the award for most awesome couple to be married this year, though. I do get that one. That one's mine. That's me. I didn't know we were doing that, but yes, you can have that one. Um, but uh, we started doing D&D again, and I love D&D. And I, I'm not DMing this one like the last one, and it's so refreshing to just be a player. Yeah. So it just to like chill with your buddies and fuck around in D and D because we do play it a little bit Trace Horny Boy style. <laughs> yeah. Um. So D and D has been really like something that I've been um enjoying a lot this year, and it's it's such a great way for telling stories and just hanging out with your friends and. Just having a, a lot of interesting um, role-playing experiences. Yeah. Well, my thing I got into, I got into thinking, I'm going to do this once and then never do it again. And now I'm looking at buying multiple more things to continue this tradition, and it is making my own fucking whiskey. And I didn't think I would fall in love. I, I think, and I talked about this on me again, I think it's because I'm good at it. And I know it's just putting shit in a barrel, but, like, it's producing good product, and therefore it's encouraging me to want to keep going. And now it's, like, making me think about other things. Like, ooh, what if instead of putting in the weird essence flavoring packet, I instead just, like, age the moonshine and, like, some lime and some, like, ginger for a while to get that flavor in there? Or what if I, instead of soaking the barrel in water, what if I soak the barrel in, like, sweet tea and try to get those flavors in there? It's it's become a passion now of me being like, what can I make next? What's the next thing I want to do? Like, how, how many barrels do I need? So that is my hobby, activity, whatever you want to call it, of the year, is making my own whiskey. Now, this one, uh, we're going to stick with personal ones right now. What was your be- biggest moment of your year? The biggest thing that happened to you this year? The biggest thing that happened to me, um, and I honestly wasn't expecting it, um... But it was being cast uh, in a show called Our Town. And 
I don't know if you've read Our Town or if anyone listening has, um, but... <laughs> Gazi's the only one listening, my boy, and you know he didn't. I'm, I'm hoping that we get some people after the live fact, so... Um, it's a, it's a wonderful little show. It's a show that's done a lot in high school theater, um, and I think that's why it's a show that gets a bad rap. Yeah. And... Like, I remember you telling me about it, and me being like, okay, that's your choice you want to make in your life. Yeah, and it's a show that honestly just deals with the lives of normal people living their normal lives for three quarters of it, and it builds up these relationships with these characters, and it shows how they go through their life, how a couple of characters fall in love, the day they get married the troubles they're having there, the anxiety they're experiencing. And then in the third act, um, you get to see one of those characters. Um, she dies prematurely. And she... It, it gets a little, like, supernatural then because it's her in the graveyard with all of the other dead people from the town that you've known throughout this entire show. And she wants to go back and relive her life. And in this one scene at the very end, she relives a single day of her life. And it it's everything that you want, but everything that you can't have. Because you're only seeing it again, and you can't influence it at all. So you're seeing everything, and you're wanting to, like, she's wanting to talk to her mother. She's wanting to tell her how she really feels. Because all of these things she never got to say while she was alive, and she can't. Because she's watching a recording of her life. And then, the, and then in the very end, like, she sadly returns to the graveyard. And you see her husband, who's played by me, of course, coming back to the graveyard after the funeral and everything. And just, like, falling beside her grave and weeping. And that's when she has the realization that people just don't understand. People don't take the time to realize these things. And being in a show like that where I didn't expect anything and where I came out with this new outlook on life was unexpected and an amazing moment. Well, that's all fun and good. You did this whole play making fake pretend about getting married and having babies and all that. Uh, I fucking did it. <laughs> I just did it. I I didn't need to get cast in <laughs> Well, to be honest, it takes a lot more to uh, get cast than it does to get married. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no, no, no. My the best. No, no. Hold on. Could you say that again? Could you? Could you? Could you say eat, that for the audience? Eat a hot fresh. I, I really, I, I really want to hear you apologizing for taking my real fun moment. Eat a fresh, a real hot... honest human emotion. Well, my real emotion's about to come out because my moment of the year is that I had the most fucking beautiful, precious baby that is in existence. And look, I know I'm a dad, and so I'm gonna have the obvious bias of my baby is fucking cute. No, fuck you. I've done the research. I've done the double-blind fucking looks. My baby's the cutest fucking baby on this planet. She is adorable, and even to this day, she's, like, just a little badass because she's like her daddy, which means that her face moves a lot, and her eyebrows move up and down, and she smiles, and it's fantastic, and, like... Even looking back to the giving birth thing, I thought it was going to be a lot more horrifying, but no, it was a very simple, easy birth, and I'm extremely fucking grateful for that. And 
Man, just having a baby, man. That's it. Moment of the year, moment of the lifetime, possibly. Because holy shit, I had an amazing 2019. But I also know that the baby's always going to be there. That's that's always going to top the list, no matter fucking what. Going to be pooping on your pants all the time. Pooping on these fucking nice-ass pants of mine. Well, now, Blake, fuck all that shit. Fuck the baby. Fuck the play. I want to know what the best moment the BS did this year. What the best thing the BS boys got into this fucking year. Scotty, we're just going to have the same one, aren't we? (laughs) Well, I would like to actually, uh, there's a main player in my story, and I'd like to translate it into his language. (laughs) Okay, I think we've got the same moment for both of us, so you go ahead and take the reins on this. My moment of the year is... Fucking hanging out with Chewbacca in a bar is the fucking best thing ever. The fact that I was just, we got to get real drunk, and I've not had a night other than then where I got blackout drunk and then didn't wake up in, like, complete shame. Because that, the following morning, I woke up like, I feel like shit, but I fucking partied with Chewbacca last night. Like, no one can take that from me. No one can take that from us. I just want to say, his name is Jonas Sutamo. His name is Chewbacca, and I follow him on Twitter, and he's great. Um, he's very, like, he was such a cool guy to hang out with. Um, that was also part of, like, our fucking banner weekend and Dragon Con. And, um, like, getting to hang out with him and just talk with him, like, just this dude that has been in all of the new Star Wars movies and that has kind of lived that, um, experience. And just seeing how down to earth he is and how chill he is and how it did end up with a bunch of us just in a circle doing the Wookiee sound. (laughs) Um... It was great. Also, real fun story to tack on there. I did tell you, but um, we were playing D&D with our, like, our friend Tori came and uh, was in a couple of sessions recently, and I brought it up again, because um, I was like, oh, she was there, she'll remember. And then she stopped and said, oh yeah, that's very funny, that wasn't Chewbacca. And I'm like, no, 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 that (laughs) what, that, you know that was really him, right? (laughs) You do know that, and she she just stops and says, "What? No, yeah. you were. He's just a tall guy, and you were all saying he's Chewbacca. No, he was the dude. He's the dude. Yeah. Also, my secondary favorite thing about that moment is slowly realizing everything that happened that night over the following like three weeks. Like I was living an epic. Like I was living the film Memento for a few there, where each week while we recorded, you would just give me little hints and pieces of other other shit that happened that night. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's if, always something different that I could bring up. Yeah, but if we are gonna go that Dragon Con weekend. I do also want to say, probably this one was best moment of the year. We got to do a fucking live show, and the Fight Boys live show was what it was. It was enough for us to say, we've done a live show. The BS live show was the most perfect form of a live show for us that I think could possibly exist. Because we got a bunch of people drunk. We got a bunch of people drunk, and we all hung out, and we did the show, and here's the thing. We are an acquired taste, I will say, a very acquired taste. And these people all were, like, sitting there, like, 
no, we're into this. We get this. This is the vibe we want. This is the vibe we want to bring. And not only that, to have Radish, who is a podcast who I love and I brought them in personally to Dragon Con, having them on one side and then having the person who brought me into Dragon Con, Justin Robert Young, on the other side was just like this perfect moment crystallized of having us all there in that one moment seeing like podcasting history strewn across those tables. It, it was a really fantastic thing. And, and then Vin Diesel drank all our whiskey. And Vin Diesel did drink quite a bunch of that fucking whiskey and then said he was going to put a poster up in his gun cabinet or he something. Took that wi- he took that poster and we did sign it, so that better be somewhere. Um, <laughs> also, I would just love to say... Our work on that Terror Bird um, <laughs> presentation yes. is probably the most work we've both put into this podcast, other than your editing. Yeah, most work you've put into this podcast. Why would I, we do that? Easily the most work I've put into this podcast. Well, now, Blake, um, let's get into the finals. And this is kind of our yearly review of ourselves. I want to do two. I want to do what was the best episode of a load of bs this year and what was the most awesome pitch we did this year i guess we could start with pitch and we'll just just go through those quick so honestly my best pitch for this year because this spanned out over multiple episodes almost a month apart yeah earlier in the year and that was our first fast food mafia yes that evolved into the game of beef. Game of fucking beef. I'm ha- I picked two for pitch because I was like, he's gonna bring game of beef. Game of beef is just so solid. You can't not. You can't ignore it. Right. I, I think that was like that was probably just the best back and forth we had because we had a world and we built it up more than any other world I think we like took the time because we just had this one perfect crystallizing idea of and it started out a month before yeah um when we talked about the fast food mafia and it's like what if all these fast food like characters were in in the mob and then later it evolved into no fuck that what if it was Game of Thrones? Exactly. Because that's like the mob on steroids. What if we had all of these characters, like, just fucking kings and queens and princesses and, like, armies clashing against each other? Who would win? Whose story would it be? And who would come out on top? And that was one of our longer episodes, Game of Beef. Who lives, who dies, who eats the fries? Very good pull right there. Um, Well, mine, uh, I really enjoy the episodes where when we get into segment two, instead of diverting onto another tangent, we just start keep pulling from the first segment. So like the Google zone, we did that one a lot where I started talking about Google and then for segment two, you were like, fuck it, I want to break into Google too. But the one I would like to discuss, Blake, is uh, I cannot remember the name of the pitch in the first segment, so I apologize for that. But I do remember the second pitch of that episode, and it was just called fucking Oompa. And it was our- Yes! That was gonna be my other one! It was a fucking Joker reboot, but instead of it being about the Joker, it was about, like, a single, um, fucking 
um, oompa, loompa, doompa dee doo. I'm gonna kill every last one of you. Escaping and just us building this world around. And like the first pitch in that episode is good too, because we basically made Mad Max fucking Willy Wonka. And then, but Oompa blows it out of the water because, like, there's sometimes on this show where I'm, I'm literally sitting here like, I could go write that right now. I've already got the pitch. I've already got it. I'm good. And Oompa was it. Yeah, because the first pitch was um, the untold sequel to Willy Wonka. And then the second one was, like, we just got into Oompa. Yeah, <laughs> into that Oompa. But now, let's finally do it. What was the best episode we had this year overall ignoring pitches ignoring everything what was the best one well scotty i think i've gone first in a few of these so i'd like to hear yours i mean is it a question as much as i do have like that emotional resonance with the live episode especially the moment at the end where we asked justin what's awesome this week and i can still in my head like pitch perfect hear him say like what was awesome this week right fucking now and me almost breaking into tears because it was such a good moment but bud we did a fucking musical this year and you expect me not to pick that you expect me not to bring the fucking battle against the podcast illuminati to the table that thing that was a month and a half in the making the first episode of 2019, a build-up from 10 episodes of us doing a bunch of r- weird, random bullshit, like interviewing Tom McGuire and watching seven up seven, seven distinct versions of Larry the Cable Guy Elf Inspector, all led up to this musical, and it was kind of like, and I know it's not perfect, because I know we can kind of tweak a few things here and there and stuff like that. But at the same time, we had done a musical. Episode 10, Wrestler's Court, is a musical. But it is nothing compared to the BS versus the Illuminati episode. Because it was like, like, like you said, we spent like a month crafting the script and trying to make sure everything worked out perfectly, picking what songs we wanted to put in and parody for each one. And like, I know it was the most work like we had ever done as far as like, singing or anything goes like i remember doing multiple takes of the be prepared uh be prepared song just to make sure it turned out perfectly and yeah that would a lot of work went into that when i took so many takes on um <laughs> a fucking song from the producers i want to be a podcaster which by the way in that one you do say performing live at dragon con which was me calling a shot and that shot came true later that year so yes it did and i think I think that's a great contender, and I'm not going to pick it because you've already picked it. Okay. But I think that our, or my favorite episode that we did, um, other than that one, was episode 131, The Goatman Begins. Oh, fuck. That's actually a very good one. I didn't even think about this one. That was our Halloween episode this year, and that was where we just read the OG creepypasta of the Goatman that takes place that is set in Alabama. And you know what? I think that we, we might not be the first, but like we really just delved into that thing and we did make our own movie out of it too. And my favorite part is the way we did it because it wasn't we read the story then did a bit. It was I'd read a segment, we'd do a bit. Read a segment, do a small bit. Read a segment, do a small bit. And by the end of it, 
we had done such like I had done such a good job reading of it, and the story had done such a good set such a good atmosphere that we were both like, God, we can't fucking do bits. We can't do bits right now. It's so oh, yeah, like we had to do the bits to keep ourselves going at one point. Yeah, because this is a truly like I th- it's a really well written or um it's a real well paced story. It's pretty well written, and you could do a good dramatic reading of it, like you showed um, in the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's just a great episode overall, and that's kind of like how we can take one thing and try to turn it into another. Also, I was um, at the apartment alone when we did that, by <laughs> the way. If you don't remember, and it was terrifying. Yeah, so I feel like if anybody, if, you, if you're out there and you want to go back and listen to three episodes from 2019, I would say live episode, musical episode, and Goat Man. Those are like it. That's, yep. that's really um, it. Also, actually listen to the pitch episodes that we said, which was Oompa and Gamble of Beef. Yeah, do those as well. Well, now usually I'd ask you what's awesome this week, but we've kind of already gone what's awesome this year. Instead, I want to do something a little different. And that is, I want us to call a shot. Both of the first episode we ever did, we called shots. We called the shot of having condoms at our first live show. That came true this year. I want to call shots for 2020 of what we want to come true, whether that be on this podcast or in in our lives. I think in 2020, I am going to do a live theater version of a show based on and satirizing Harry Potter. Okay, have you already just auditioned for this and this is just you announcing you? Have not. I'm doing it tomorrow. (laughs) But I'm calling the shot. Okay, well, my called shot's gonna get a little bit more ballsy because I've already submitted the second annual End of the World party for next year's Dragon Con. And after this year, I doubt that they would be like, no, they'll definitely bring us back. And this year, we had some guests. We had Radish. We had Justin Robert Young. I wouldn't mind bringing Jury back in. He was great. And the Radish guys. But there's one guest I want. And it is a guest that we are going to get. I'm calling the shot right now, Blake Tanner. Because the man who's going to help us save the world at the end of the world party is none other than your boy, Austin Creed. Also known as Xavier Woods of the WWE. You know he's going to be at the Dragon Con. We know he's going to be in the area. We're getting Creed for next Dragon Con. I'm calling the shot right fucking now. Well, you heard it, Creed. I hope you're listening because you know what? Sometime at Dragon Con, you're going to be there with us. Exactly. Bring your boys. You're going to need them. Except the new day. But until next year, Blake Tanner, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, as always, but never. And you can find me <laughs> doing everything here. A load of BS. Fight, boys. You can find uh, me on the Patreon doing You Paid For This and basically whatever else the fuck we decide to do. And you can also find him on the brand new BS Network audio drama, Deviant. The next episode is going to drop this Sunday. And if you haven't already caught up and listened to episode one, I recommend you do that. And you can find it at a load of purebs.com. In addition to all the BS Network programs from me again to Fight Boys, they're all there for you to check out at a load of purebs.com. 
Special thanks again to Tom <laughs> McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair. I've said it before, folks. I'm going to say it again. It's a banger. It's a great feel-good song. It gets you hyped, even if you don't know who the fuck Ric Flair is. That's right. And remember to support the show, whether that be by donating to the Patreon, picking up some merch, or just leaving us five stars on iTunes or Podchaser, wherever you guys get your podcast. Just leave us a review. Try to shoot us up those charts. It would mean the world to us, ladies and gentlemen. But if you've already done all that, just tell a friend who needs a little bit of BS in their life that they need to check out a load of BS. But until next time, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, and we will see you next year!